Over the years, as I've had an opportunity to work with folks, folks will come in and, and just share how they're just surprised how they're, um, they've lost their passion, they are struggling, their, their emotions are all over the place. And of course, there's a number of things that could cause that. But when I listen to some, I immediately wonder, is there a physical problem that is behind this? I remember one of our men came in and he was just, he had taken a dramatic downturn. His emotions were not controllable. And I said, I want you to go in and get a full checkup, especially I want you to have a blood fasting, blood sugar test. And, um, and I said, I know there's other spiritual issues, and we were talking about them, but I said, this is very unusual, that the way you have uh, changed. Sure enough, his numbers were off the chart. And um, by getting that corrected, obviously, that helped uh, immensely. And uh, one of our dear missionaries, a graduate of our college, several year, uh, weeks ago, was totally wiped out, didn't understand, had pain, and just couldn't function, and, you know, just wondering what's wrong with them, and why can't they be what they ought to be, and finally went to the doctor and found out they, he had acute anemia, which meant that probably had some kind of cancerous situation, and sure enough, Nathan Childs, you know, had major surgery, and we need to be praying for him uh, there in South Africa, in Cape Town, and, uh, and so, uh, those are very real issues. Well, in our lives, there are times in which we seem to be limp spiritually, seem to be struggling, um, and there's a sincerity and sincerity to want to go forward, and yet there's a deadness in the heart. And oftentimes, there is a problem that is worse than cancer or diabetes or whatever you want to come up with. It's a deep, deep issue in a person's heart. Turn with me to a very familiar passage, but one that I look at almost on a yearly basis here with the student body, and that's Hebrews chapter 12, as we look today at the root of bitterness. I promise you that within a student body this size, there are a number of you that would never diagnose yourself right now as struggling with bitterness, but there are moments or major amounts of time in which that's actually an issue in your life and is the key reason why you've lost your power. You don't seem to have that vibrancy that you once had. And in some ways, I think God allows you to see that because bitterness is something that must be dealt with on a regular basis. You can think of many sins that dehabilitate believers, but I think one of the key problems that Christian, of Christians who have a heart for God is this undiagnosed major problem. And so if you look with me at Hebrews chapter 12, you've got, of course, prior to this, the great faith chapter and then how God is working in our life and how God is disciplining us. And he's taking the circumstances of life to bring us to a place of continual faith because he wants us to experience his grace. He wants us to live in that miraculous reality of fellowship with him. And uh, so you have the, 
Yeah, the chastening is not uh, joyous, but it yields peaceable fruit of righteousness there in verse 11. And uh, so it's uh, then the challenge to go forward, but I want to go right down to our text, verse 15. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled, lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. Very strong admonition here to look diligently. If you've ever been to an ICU unit of acute care, you will uh, see every room with a nurse or a nurse practitioner there at the window, uh, each one of them. Uh, There are different levels, of course, of uh, care, but when you're in a a major place like that, you have this uh, constant observation of all of the life uh, support systems that are on that person and just how they're doing and what their, their vitals are. They don't come in to find it out. They've got it all right there to be able to monitor. And, um, and of course, they're very concerned that the equipment, because some of it is actually keeping them alive at that point, is all functioning properly. And so it is, it's quite a, uh, it's a different kind of feel than other floors that you are part of when you're in a hospital. Well, I think this idea of look diligently has an idea to look upon, inspect, uh, to be very, uh, give it a a very intense look. And so he's saying, look diligently. We need to be very honest with ourselves we need to get the spiritual medical help we need and not discount problems that we are seeing in our lives. And it's interesting, he doesn't say look diligently lest you see bitterness. That comes. He says look diligently as uh, for the uh, failure of the grace of God in your life. Now here's the reason for bitterness. The reason for bitterness is when we fail to access what God has given to us to be able to do whatever God wants us to do. Did you know that God's grace is abundant? That God's power is unlimited? You have the person of the Holy Spirit in you. So every problem that you face from dealing with your character, dealing with your attitude, Uh, The matter of being able to to focus and to be really diligent and disciplined in what you do. From from the matter of overcoming personal sins or relationship sins or whatever it may be. God has the grace to fully give you victory. And the word of God gives you the principles that by faith you can trust for God to transform you. Folks, sanctification is tremendous. You have... uh, the full identity with Christ's victory. Uh, You have been raised in newness of life. You can claim the fact that sin does not have to have dominion over you. We are not to be thinking that the Christian life is inevitable defeat and sometimes we have victory. The Christian life ought to be regular victory. We're surprised by defeat and realize why it happened and stay back on that relationship standing of faith so that we can have victory. 
And that's what I want you to listen closely to even in the TGYS on just what it means to walk with God. You can have seven days a week a special relationship with the Lord. But failing of the grace of God is failing to access it by faith in your life. And that comes when we're not really trusting God's word. And um, I, I, I love the statement, uh, or it's very helpful, from Dr. F.B. Meyer. He came to a crucial transitional time in his ministry, and he sat dejectedly in his study. He said, my ministry is unfruitful, and I lack spiritual power. He was saying to himself, suddenly it seemed as though Christ stood next to him, and he said, let me have the keys to your life. Christ said, the, exper- uh, the experience... I mean, Christ seemed to say that to him. And he said the experience was so realistic that he reached into his pocket and took out a bunch of keys. It was that realistic to him. Are all the keys here? Yes, Lord, all except the key to one small room in my life. Christ said, if you cannot trust me in all the rooms of your life, I cannot accept any of your keys. Dr. Meyer was so overwhelmed with the feeling that Christ was moving out of his life because he was excluding him from one interest in his life that he cried, I'll come back, Lord, and take the keys to all the rooms of my life. You probably heard that illustration. But that really is descriptive of what happens. We don't access the grace of God for whatever needs we have in our life because we are not fully trusting him for every part of our life. You see, whenever you hold back in one part, then the other that you want to have victory in, you're not going to really trust God to give you victory there because you're not trusting him in this area to meet your needs and to fulfill your life. You feel like you have to have that. And so we need to understand that failing of the grace of God comes because we are just not willing to... uh, fully trust God with all of our life, and self-life has a part in what we are doing. And so we fail of the grace of God. We're not seeing the victory. We don't have the power. Prayer is not that real. And here's what I want you to see. This is the foundational problem that leads to bitterness. We blame somebody else for our failure says, look diligently, lest you fail of the grace of God, and then he's going to get right down to the matter of bitterness. It all goes together. If only my parents had done better with me. If only I could have uh, had this opportunity. Or my roommate made me so bad, that's why I sinned. <laughs> you know, so frustrated. Uh, or that assignment sheet threw me into depression, that professor, or whatever, uh, the things that, that we face. But honestly, you think about it. Your knee-jerk default rea- reaction always is blame. Just all you ladies, nursery workers, do your little kids have a pre- uh, predisposition to blame? It's always they did it, they made me do it. I mean, and of course, we're a lot more sophisticated but uh, you all are just a little bit bigger preschoolers, you know. It's just, uh, and so are adults of twice your age. I mean, we've got the same tendency in our lives. It's just so natural to blame. If only this person hadn't done this to me, or if they hadn't said that, or if they hadn't treated me that way. 
The fact is, who sinned? You did. Did you have to sin? No. So it wasn't what anybody else did to you or didn't do to you. It was your failure to access the grace of God. Now, friends, this is the essence, when you get right down to it, of the problems that most Christian faces face. And I'm saying this not only for your benefit, for, but for ministry in the days ahead. This will really help you when you, when you uh, really analyze this. So we are very strongly here admonished to look diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness. Do you see how it all goes together there? Springing up, troubling, trouble you, and thereby many other people are hurt. Many people are defiled. Now, one of the best ways that I know of to look at this matter of bitterness, and this is why it's so subtle, is it's that blame. It's that if someone hadn't done that, if they hadn't said that, if they had done that for me, or if I hadn't been in that situation, uh, it's that, it's that almost a conviction that my problems are because of. Instead of, I fail the grace of God. I sin because I sinned. What is Repentance. Repentance is agreeing with God like confession. You turn from your own way and you admit with God's clarity of of his word that you have transgressed God because you did not access the power that God would have given you if you had humbled yourself and just uh, looked to him. No one has ever made you sin. And so one of the keys to overcoming bitterness or any other kind of issue is to take responsibility for your own life. Yeah, I know I didn't do right, but if I'd only been in a better situation, if I hadn't had that boss, or if I had been treated unfairly, I would have. Well, we may not even verbalize it, but honestly... Those kind of things lurk deep within our hearts because it is the natural predisposition we have. Can anybody tell me where the very first time that was done? Hmm? Adam and Eve, exactly. My wife made me do it. Boy, have I heard that in counseling before. (laughs) I usually hear it more from the wives. My husband made me do it. But anyway, it's his fault. You know, he doesn't lead me or... My wife is, she just is constantly nagging me or whatever. I mean, it's just there, folks. And uh, we, uh, we oftentimes don't realize that we're actually thinking that way. Here's what, what happens is uh, we often find ourselves um, thinking that bitterness is an emotion, I'm bitter. You know, I'll ask people and they'll, I'll say, are you bitter? Oh, no, I'm not bitter at all. Not bitter at all. So we start talking. Whoa, are they bitter. I mean, they're a 10 on a 10, you know, but they're not feeling bitter. It's just that they're right. That, my, their husband's a scoundrel. 
You know, and they could have a much better life if it wasn't for that buzzard that they married. You know, but they're not upset about it. It's just the way it is. Men actually are the ones that have a greater disposition toward that. And Colossians chapter 3 makes that clear. Husbands, be not bitter against your wives. And I'll have husbands say, I'm not bitter against my wife. But boy, she's a problem, you know. <laughs> you just, it's all you can do sometimes, not to overly react when you hear some of that. But it's interesting, the word bitter. I've taken some time to talk about this. The word bitter means bitter. Wow, you know, it's nice just to take the Bible as it is. Everybody know what a bitter taste is? Ever had that happen to you? I've had it happen on several occasions. I've given you my Dead Sea story, so I won't give you that one. Uh, But uh, the one that uh, um, comes to mind is my airport one. I was was rushing to go somewhere, and uh, in the Milwaukee airport, I don't even know if they have them now, but they have the gum machines, you know, those little chiclet things, you know. And so I, I thought, man, I better grab some for my breath. And so I put a quarter in there and got them through in my pocket. And um, a little bit later, I remember I had them, so I pulled them up. I think I was in the, on the plane already and grabbed them and put them in my mouth. I, but I forgot that my wife gave me vitamins <laughs> at the same time and some other stuff, you know. Wow. I mean, I don't know which one it was, but it was bad. I mean, it was, I mean, I'm gagging. I'm trying to act uh, civil on the plane, you know, looking like they're going to throw me off the plane because I came on with some kind of plague, you know. I finally somehow got it all worked out. But I'm telling you, I've, my whole flight there, landing, being with my host, everything else, guess what I'm thinking about? This awful taste in my mouth. That thing went on for a couple of days. You know, your taste buds uh, are very powerful when it comes to bitter because bitter usually equals danger. And so it's a reminder to be careful. Uh, you know, if you notice, your sweet taste buds don't last real long. You know, they, boom, they're there. And so that's why you need something more sweet. You know, your excuse to uh, keep getting it. But anyway, but the point here, it's a lingering It's a lingering taste. It's a lingering thought. It's, you know, I'm going through some things because. And here's the problem, folks. It can be absolutely true. Okay? It can be absolutely true. Some of you may have a parent that's really causing you some heartache. Or you may be having a sibling that has... There's some things you're really having to go through that nobody else around here really knows about. Or maybe some of you have been treated improperly in the past. And at times that comes up and that's really causing some issues in your own personal life. In feeling uh, secure about yourself. And, and, and it's a fact. It, it did happen. Maybe you were unfairly treated in some kind of relationship, even here, or, and maybe you misinterpreted something, but the point is that there's this lingering blame that is there. If only. If only. And here's the way the thought process goes. Because of that, I wasn't able to have victory over here. I'm having problems because of I'm not joyful because of. I, am, uh, I, I don't have opportunities because of. This isn't fair, and therefore, 
you know, I'm, I'm struggling in my attitude because of. You follow me? This is very typical. I'm talking about the, just the, t- the typical life that we live. I want to tell you, that's bitterness. That's bitterness. And so it sometimes displays itself in emotions, but oftentimes it's just that lingering conviction that, well, yes, I failed, but it's because of. Remember, looking diligently, lest any of you fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness, root, deep root of bitterness, uh, springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. I'm not going to preach on this, but have you ever noticed that a bitter person affects somebody else? One bad attitude will affect another. Remember, any time you sense somebody being negative, there's always bitterness behind it. Be careful. Be careful. Be a help. Don't be hurt by it. That's very important in all the different facets of your life. Now, if you'll look with me, uh, holding your place here, uh, over it to Ephesians chapter 4. It's very interesting. We have bitterness mentioned here. And in the last part of Ephesians 4, you have the contrast between the new man, because we are now saved and the Holy Spirit indwells us, and then the opposite of that, living out what we are no longer. We're no longer the old man. It's not that you still have the old man. You're a new man. We are to live like we are. In other words, that's who we are. We're regenerated. We are a new creation. Put on the new man, verse 24. Well, anyway, going on down, uh, you have the warning against corrupt communication in verse 29 and verse 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness. Now, remember I told you how... A person who is ill and doesn't know it is weak and all and doesn't realize why they are until they find out they have that disease. Well, many a Christian just seems something isn't right. Well, you need to look diligently because probably what has happened is there is this root of bitterness there and you're grieving the Holy Spirit of God. God is able to enable you to do anything you need to do. But when you grieve him because you're blaming and you're not accessing what God has provided for you, you're holding back all that the Holy Spirit wants to do for you. And what's very instructive about this passage, if you look after verse 30, let all bitterness, and in my own opinion, I think there's a progression here, and wrath and anger and evil and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Bitterness can be separate from these. We often think of the rest of these problems as what bitterness is. And again, I want to tell you, bitterness can be a very quiet thing in your heart, and you're not angry, but you are, you're not filled with the Spirit either. But if you don't get bitterness settled, I'm telling you what's going to come out of bitterness is going to be wrath. That's losing your temper. Just a word for outbursts of anger. Ever had a time when you just got angry and you said, what in the world? Where did that come from? Well, number one, you're probably not walking in the spirit. And that could well be because you are bitter. And that's a first big indicator because you're frustrated. Then, if that doesn't get corrected, there's clamor. That's the word for seething anger. I think that's what most people think of when it comes to bitterness. 
that deep resentment. I'm, you know, being bitter. And some people live that way. That is true. But a Christian who's trying to do right knows that's not right. But doesn't go down to the root problem of blame and accepting responsibility for their sin. But if you do find yourself with this seething anger, folks, there is never, 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 never a reason for you to have that. Please, please listen to me. It'll, it'll kill you. You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to burn yourself. And you're going to hurt other people. And sometimes you can just see on the face of, uh, of a college student. And uh, what's happened is that that bitterness has been allowed to creep in. And now there's actually emotion with it. You let that go into marriage. Uh, you let that go as a, you, and you're a pastor. You're in trouble. You can't do that. You let that go into other relationships. And then, if you don't correct that, and evil speaking, it's the same word, slander. It's the word used for the devil. I'll give you another up-to-date word. Gossip. That's what the idea is. Evil speaking about somebody else. Please note this. If anybody ever says something negative about somebody else, they're down the road of bitterness into danger territory. Don't listen to it. One thing I've had to learn is stop. I don't want to hear it. Because when you hear something, even if it's not accurate, you still think about it. That's not right. And I'm telling you, if you find yourself defending yourself and saying things negative about somebody else and you have no right biblically to do it, mark it down, you got a root of bitterness. And you've been sitting on that for a while. And you can't contain it now. Where do you think church problems come from? Unresolved bitternesses. Now, a lot of times it'll start actually in the uh, family and then work its way into other kinds of, of people and, and uh, other kinds of situations. And then you go back to this passage. It needs to all be put away from you with all malice. Malice is the idea when you actually hurt somebody. It's what happens in homes when abuse occurs. And when you actually try to see somebody suffer because of what they've done to you. That's really... But it happens, and believers can do it. Let me just say this. If you ever find any satisfaction about something negative happening to somebody that, you're, that you know but you don't really like and you're reacting to, you've got a problem that's deep in your heart. You should never take pleasure in negative things happening to anybody else. I want you to get that. That's, you need to go immediately. If you find yourself doing that, you better get help. Because you need to walk back on this pathway back to the, where the bitterness is. And you've got bitterness if you, when you think of somebody or you see somebody and you react inside. You can say all you want to, you don't have bitterness. But you've got a problem. You ought to be able to have the love of God for anybody. That's the beauty of a church. That's the beauty of Christian fellowship. And you can have freedom. And it doesn't mean that everything is solved, but you've got it solved in your own heart because you're taking responsibility for your own life. You are not blaming anybody else. So you can love them even though maybe you have more things to work out with them. And you can have the right kind of attitude. 
I want you to meditate on that because honestly, that's where we live oftentimes. Now, let me just quickly finish this up here with the encouragement and yet warning. The encouragement is that this can be solved very quickly. And I've given you the answer to it um, several times. It's taking responsibility for your own failure. Nobody made you do it. Lord, it's me, it's me, O Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Nobody else made me sin. It isn't what any other person has done. My parents, a, a leader in my life, a fellow student, uh, my boss. It's nobody else's fault. And when you humbly are broken and, and just get rid of that, God will pour love into your life. And then what you do is that you think about what responsibility do you have. If you're a husband, you are to love your wife and be not bitter against your wife. And so what responsibility should a husband have? What responsibility should a wife have? Start functioning as you should. Fellow student to fellow student, to edify and to be encouraging. Uh, to someone who's in authority with you, to have the right attitude and to trust God through that authority and communicate if you need to communicate. But in other words, you get into the role that God has for you and the Spirit of God can work and God will put these pieces together. It's amazing. Now, folks, you're going to be facing this day after day, year after year in your life. And that's why school is a great laboratory to get these things worked on in your life. Here's the warning, and we'll be done. Back to Hebrews chapter 12, if you'll turn there with me. Two things that come when you don't deal with bitterness. Obviously, the things I talked about, the progression. But then, if you look at verse 16, lest there be any fornication. Bitterness will make you extremely selfish. And you won't care about what your life really does. The whole sexual temptation is very powerful when you do not have the power of the Spirit of God in your life. And it's really dangerous when you think you're spiritual and you're not. Because you have bitterness. And if you're struggling somewhat... In this area, I really want to encourage you to think, am I really taking responsibility for my life? And is it possible that I have bitterness? I have seen it over and over. Bitterness is the root that leads to those kind of problems. Why do you think your generation of teens and college students is absolutely just immersed in that wreckage? They're bitter. They're hurting. You have no idea how your generation is hurting. I could just make you sick by giving you statistics right now that I don't want you to hear. That's why we can't be. We have to have the answer. And the other is profane. Profane is just living life as if there's no God. It's our secular world. Isn't that interesting? You look at a Christian that lets bitterness set in for a while, their attitudes aren't right, and all of a sudden they get involved in some sensual sin. And then they just start being worldly and Living a profane life. I tell you, whenever somebody starts arguing about righteousness, boy, a warning signal ought to go up because um, there's something wrong. 
person that loves Jesus just wants to do right. You know, there's something wrong. Don't get involved in those arguments. Folks, there's ever a day we need to be like Christ it's today. So sort of taught through this passage, but it's right where we live. And I do want to encourage you, look diligently. Look diligently. Look at where it's possible that you are struggling. And keep this in mind for a struggle that might come down the road.